Welcome, a listener, to another episode of Spam, 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 Humbug. This is episode 136 of the podcast. And we have, uh, you know what, it was a pretty good discussion overall, but it's a little bit down-tempo from some of our previous forays into discussions about gaming. Maybe that was due to the fact that it was kind of, you know, it was a different evening and there weren't as many of us on and I was kind of just killing time in a hotel room in North Dakota. I'm not sure. But at any rate, I'm joined on this episode by Golem Dragon and Draxneth joins in a little bit later. And we started by discussing GeForce Now and how some publishers are pulling games off the platform, which doesn't really make a lot of sense since you kind of have to own the game to use it with GeForce Now anyways. But whatever, we get into a bit of a side discussion about how the fact... Uh, that System Shock 3 is apparently no longer being worked on, all the developers having been let go by other side entertainment. But the main part of the discussion concerns some news that came out in January concerning Ultima Online and Broadsword Online Games' plan to bring that classic MMORPG to the largest audience ever. Don't know what they mean by that. My suspicion is that it could be a mobile port, but there's an argument to be made that that is not the case and that it could be a Steam release coming up because it was greenlit on Steam back in like 2012 or 2013. I guess we'll have to wait and see. They promise news later this year. And of course, we are hosted on Anchor.fm, which is a newer podcast hosting platform, a little bit more social in its design and nature. You can find us at Anchor.fm slash podcast or at spam, 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 humbug.com. If you are visiting us via the Anchor app, please do consider liking our episodes, liking the podcast itself. Consider sharing our episodes with your social media circles, and you can even leave us a voicemail if you would like to somehow insert your voice into our episodes. Promise you, we will play them back, we will even respond to them. Being on Anchor also puts us on the Apple HomePod and on Google Home, so try saying, hey, voice assistant, play the podcast, spam, 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 humbug, and you should get our latest episode. As always, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by our Patreon backers. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast and the Codex by that means. And as always, a hearty thank you to our co-producers, Seth, Golden Flame, Chris, Dominic, Violation, Cranberry, Christopher, Bruce, Darkwraith Dragon, Helgriff, Gronk, Pascal, and Thorwan. All right, on with the show. One thing we could talk about is obviously Game Pass stuff. How amazing that's continued to grow. Yeah, well, yeah. And although nowadays, I don't know, Game Pass might be getting a run for its money from GeForce now. I still have to try that out when I get home. Oh, Blizzard Activision but, yanked a bunch of their games from it. Well, I thought, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought that the whole thing was, I, I mean, I guess they could like prevent it from installing in the GFN VM, but I thought the whole idea behind GFN was that it was your library that you basically installed on an NVIDIA VM that gives you half of a 2080 Ti to play with for graphics horsepower. That already by itself, although I like my 2070 Super. So pretty. (laughs) Not to brag or anything. No. Well, I'm only over here with my 960M. That's what I upgraded from was a 960. Mm. And I mean, like, you know what? It does well for games of a certain generation. It does not work having that. No. Oh, I did for sure. Uh, What is (sighs) it here? Prevents users from playing in their EULA. They have it. You can't play the game on cloud gaming services. Ah. But it doesn't seem to completely explain the move, according to the article that I read. What are they 
gonna do start setting all of their games to do the same things that malware does and test for whether it's running in a vm it's one of those things where activision is i don't understand their business decisions like they cut their quality control team they cut their customer service team and now they're wondering why people are complaining about bad patches bad releases terrible wait times on customer service bad customer service in general look at the warcraft 3 debacle or a reforged debacle we have the whole website called warcraft 3 refunded which is hilarious yes (laughs) well i mean like you know like i've been following Curran a little bit and his basic take is just like who asked for this I know there's been debates on that in multiple discords. Some people call me crazy that I expected them to do better cutscenes. I use the explanation. Look at what they've done with yeah. games as it, of late for the past decade. Their cutscenes have gone amazing. Like it is blizzard, you know, I kind of expected at this point, you know, even back in like when I was in high school, like you could count on blizzard games to, to be about three things for sure. Not an original idea. But a very ref- <laughs> that's the first one but second a very refined take on an idea with yes. thirdly absolutely jaw-dropping cutscenes of which they've gone ridiculously awesome like if you look at i would say the old soldier one and some of the other ones that they've even the the cutscene they did for the new expansion they're doing for a while mm. beautiful Cinematic cutscenes as good as Hollywood, if not better, even for sure. When you say four hours of new cutscenes being all done from scratch, basically, and that's what you market, it's like, yeah, you're gonna make a yes, lot please. of money from us. <laughs> yes, please. Can I just buy the cut? Can I just get the cutscenes? Like, can I just watch can the cutscenes? Put them up on um, your YouTube, like you already do with the World of Warcraft ones. Those of us mm-hmm. when we're not playing it because we're taking a break can at least still see them because i just put all your cutscenes on netflix like and then i can just <laughs> oh when they did the music ones with characters like the jaina music one they did on youtube it it blew up people loved it oh i'm sure some of the, the most artistic things where it's like you don't expect it from other industries but with gaming and especially blizzard you kind of just go we're gonna expect something amazing here we get all excited and we get the collective goofiness like we had with outer worlds where everyone's giddy, like we're teenagers. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was it's fun. a beautiful feeling. And we like that. And we had that with the announcement of reforged. And then we just got this mediocre bullshit. Like uh, even the, the remaster of the original first Starcraft, which they gave for free was better than this. That says something a little bit. It's a good thing. I'm not like a diehard blizzard fan. Otherwise, I might actually be disappointed. I've played most Blizzard games. Good grief. I even downloaded and played through the whole point-and-click adventure Warcraft one when that became available. Oh, right. that I forgot about that. Because I never had a chance to play it. And it was never released ever, ever anyway. So it's like, well, yeah, I want to play this. I'm not yep. necessarily a fan girl or, you know, big hype for them. They have their moments, but I've played almost every single one of their games. Yeah. I don't know. I like I'm reading the Verge article you sent and I'm kind of with the this is unusual for me, but I'm kind of with the Verge on this one because in theory this should really be win-win because the whole idea behind GeForce Now is that it's basically like Nvidia is just renting you time on a VM. 
right? Yeah. It's and not like it's costing them money. Yeah. You bring your existing game library to them. So you already have to own these games. The fact that you're, you know, the fact that GFN gives you the best possible hardware or, you know, better hardware than, I mean, unless you are like, you know, hardcore, like, you know, hardcore gamer with a lot of money to burn. Um, what you're going to get in the GeForce Now VM is probably pretty darn close to, uh, you know, either you have about as good at home or it's going to be better than what you have at home. I'm certainly in the latter camp, you know? Yeah. It'd be I on mean, par with what I have, which I can't really mm, complain. No. Slightly and I mean, like for me, card, maybe a little you know, processor might not be better in some ways because of the multitasking I do, but there is, I'm sure. guessing it's going to be Intel. So I'm guessing it'll be higher clock speed, fewer cores, right. which will probably be better in some ways. And for me, it'll be a definite step up, you know, especially because I have quite good bandwidth at home. So, you know, it's not really a problem for me to stream anything. Um, but, you know, stepping up to <laughs> one half of that 2080 Titan or whatever the heck, the, the unreleased one, <laughs> like basically all the VMs are running on top of that unreleased 2080 branch video card. Um so, and you get half of that, right? Because they split one card between two VMs. It's really so like, their version of, hey, we see how bad Stadia is. Let's give you something that's better and just knock it out. But you have to already own the game. You already have to, you know. So, I mean, like yeah, in theory, but it's better than actually... paying. it's better than paying a subscription fee to allow you to then buy the game. Well, yeah. But at the same time, you know, like, but in theory, right? Like in theory, this could, in theory, I could have, you know, like my Acer Spin 1 here is in front of me because I'm traveling. I don't usually travel with the gaming laptop anymore. Um, but, you know, like in theory, I'm sitting here on my Acer Spin 1. I could be playing, insert name of Blizzard game that I own. Not that there's many on that list, but, you know, for the sake of argument, I could be playing Blizzard game that I own on my spin one where I am, right? The spin one has no hope of running even something like overwatch. Oh God, but, no, I wouldn't, but you know, and that's, that's my point, right? It's like, if I'm someone who has always wanted to get into games, but I just, I don't have the finances to buy a solid gaming computer that can handle modern titles. It doesn't matter. GeForce now means that it doesn't matter. Because I can go now and I can buy a game that I couldn't otherwise play. And hell, I don't even have to pay for GeForce Now. You know, NVIDIA gives me an hour free a day. So I can buy my game. I can go to GeForce Now with my computer that natively can't run the game. I can set it up on my GeForce Now profile and I can play the game. In theory, this should be an opportunity for a lot of these developers to expand their audiences precisely because it opens up, you know, the possibility that someone who's got, you know, their basic laptop with its Intel HD graphics chipset, but they got a decent connection at home. Well, now they can go out and they can buy your top of the line, you know, next gen call of duty title and play it. Or they could accept that you're Activision and you're kind of a jerk and uh, you're just like, no, we can't possibly have that. Oh, we can't be kind to our customers. That's crazy talk. <laughs> customers are people? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't make sense. Like, it seems that this is the sort of thing that should really give any 
game publisher an opportunity to really expand their 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 potential market because it does empower people who otherwise wouldn't have the hardware to run their games to get this run their games <sighs> i don't know and and again like you know it's not even that you know i mean obviously if you want to play for more than an hour a day yes you have to shell out some money to to nvidia as well but you know, for a person like me, the thought of even achieving a consistent hour a day gaming is a pipe dream. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why I stream because it's like, I can't, I don't have time some days to game. And it's like, well, if I want to game, at least have three days a week, which I'm going to do my best to try to game a little bit. And it's so nice. Definitely. You almost have to like schedule. It's, it's a little weird scheduling time to do a hobby. But at our age, we're going to get that point now. So. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it, it's a good thing that, you know, I derive as much enjoyment as I do from scouting because that one is on the schedule. You know, that one I can guarantee you Tuesday night, Wednesday night, sometimes on a weekend if there's a camp. Yeah. But yeah. Speaking of which, streaming oh services, one thing I did want to mention, I did oh, yeah. test the Steam Link one recently. Mm -hmm. And streaming Dragon Quest XI from home all the way to my cell phone to work about, oh, 45 minutes away. Okay. Actually works. A yes, bit of latency, it does. A little bit of latency, but not too bad, which was a little amazing, actually. I expected it to be worse. Yeah, no, Steam Link's all right. And I use Works Internet and mobile and mobile's terrible because of the brick building. But with this really crappy internet at work that we have... Wasn't actually all that bad. Hmm. The graphics look terrible, but well, downgraded. <laughs> Downstream that like mad, but yeah, it worked. I was amazed. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't messed with Steam Link in a while, but I did dabble with it when it kind of first came out, and I mean, it does it does work fairly well, right? Obviously, you're limited to your Steam library. Yeah, um, it doesn't work is, nearly know. as well as Plex streaming outside the home, but no, no. Very glad for that though. That saved my butt on many a family trip. Yes. One of my favorite features. For sure. Um, and my wife lately has taken advantage of the ability to, you know, just like the, the Plex sync feature. So like she started a, she it's started so like, good. a. I know she started a running club, I guess, with like some of the other moms at the kid's school. That as you do. Fun. Yes. And, um, but, uh, for whatever, you know, if she's, heading out and like the way it works is like she'll head out and she kind of has a circuit where she'll pick up anybody who wants to come for the walk run that they do and then they'll just actually do the walk run right but for the initial part of her walk she'll like instead of like you know listening to a podcast or music she'll sink a uh like a poirot or like some agatha christie murder mystery to her uh to her phone and just listen to that <laughs> I will do that, that work usually right? on the way to work. It's like, I don't feel like music today. Let's pop on an episode of insert whatever. Yeah. But it works, right? Like, you know. Yeah, flawlessly. I love it. Um, and, you know, I, I've showed her how to like, you know, well, you know, because you're mainly just, you know, you're not watching this, right? You're just listening to the audio. So, you know what, here, we'll set this up so that it's like the lowest video quality, but then it still keeps the audio for you. And then it doesn't take up as much space on your phone. Yeah, it does because... the 480 for me when I'm on the road. Yeah, because you know, in true uh, mom fashion, she doesn't have a lot of space left on her phone because there's you know a couple thousand <laughs> pictures and videos of the kids. Aww, I know it's, it's it's incredibly cute, but then every so often she's just like, my phone's complaining that it's out of memory again. 
I'm just like, okay, we talked about this. Just we gotta open empty up one out drive, the phone. Let, yeah, let OneDrive run for overnight. And, and then in the morning when it prompts you to clean up, do it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, well. joys of motherhood. Mm. Had to deal with that yesterday. No, not yesterday. No, that was yesterday. I keep forgetting today's Wednesday. I, oh my gosh, I completely forgot. It feels like it should then, be Friday, but it's not. <laughs> uh, it feels like Tuesday to me. But then again, like my Monday was all like travel. Yeah, that And there was it. a time when I used to make Sundays my travel days. But now it's Mondays more often than not. And so, but that's still like, you know, there's sort of that, my brain's just like, oh, okay. So we started on the Sunday and then it's been two days since Sunday. Therefore it's Tuesday. It's like, oh crap. It's Wednesday. Oh, it just feels like I've done so much work that it should be. Friday. Oh, well, I may feel that way tomorrow. I wouldn't doubt it. Although with this weather, I don't know. Please be more snow. Please be more snow. <laughs> uh, this part of North Dakota apparently doesn't get a lot of snow. No. I mean. I'm a big fan of snow, but apparently the Bismarck area traditionally doesn't get a lot of snow. No. It gets the precipitous cold, but if you no. want snow in North Dakota, yeah. go to the eastern side of the state. Yeah, that's what I've heard about up there. I got friends of the family in South Dakota, and they're regularly going up to North Dakota to one of their other offices. Mm. And they always like going up there because it's like, hey, we can escape snow. And I'm like, <laughs> weirdos. I mean, it's... You know, and then they remind me I'm the weirdo because I'm the one who likes the snow. Yeah, well, we're in, you're in good company then. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I who like snow. That's crazy talk. No, you know what though? There's a lot of Canadians who are just like, oh, so much snow, and I'm just like, why do you live here again? Like, this is the northernmost major city in North America. Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of my Canadian friends are like that. I just I shake my head at them. I go, yeah, I'm glad I have the one that I do that likes snow. Um. But yes, well, I mean, like, and I, I just have so much fun with, I, I mean, I enjoyed it myself and I still do. Like I like to just get out in the, in the winter weather. But of course, now that I have kids who also delight in the snow, that adds an additional layer of joy. You know, I think I've talked before about how it's even changed. to so like I shovel my driveway, right? You know, I used yeah. to just shovel my driveway. So I just shovel all the snow to the side as I go. Right. No, now I bring it all up to the top of the driveway and there's just this massive snow pile that lives at the top of the driveway. It's taller than me right now. Oh, <laughs> we have that at work where it's almost as tall as me. And it's this huge pile about eh, 20 feet by about 18 feet. Well, you expect that when there's like, you know, been a parking lot to clear, but, uh, I do it just, you know, then it's my a kids very are like, small parking lot and we got like four enough. piles like that because we got what we were supposed to get four or five inches and then we got like eight. Hmm. Nice. It's like, well, I will say yes. And everyone else will try to murder me. The moment I'm it, smiling. Yeah. It, it is precipitously cold here right now. I was showing minus, I think as low as I saw, I was watching it on my phone. It was about minus 36 centigrade. Yeah, we're um, getting down to single digits tomorrow. Yeah. And I mean, like granted, a lot of that was wind chill. Um, I, I think the, actually, I, I know the raw temperature was quite mild, but the wind was just gusting like crazy. And so the, uh, the end result was a, uh, a quite chilly day. Yeah, <laughs> Tomorrow it's going to end at negative eight, I think is a low tomorrow. Not counting yeah. wind chill. Yeah, it's supposed to kind of go all the way through until I think it's supposed to clear up on like Valentine's Day, but we'll see. The uh, the place I went and had dinner tonight, um, Bismarck, North Dakota, by the way, has one hell of a food scene. Yes. Like I, I'm shocked. 
uh, I've been here twice and just, I love the food scene here because there is just some amazing eats to be had. So where did I go tonight? I went to Peacock Alley, I think it was called. Okay. I've heard of them. Um, it's a bar kind of on what passes for, I guess the main street in town. And, uh, highly recommend if you ever do find yourself at Peacock Alley, get the hanger steak. So good. I strong contender for my last meal, but anyways, um, I think they have one in Fargo. Oh, nice. Um, the one here is inside, like it's an older, it's an older building. And it's got to be fairly close to like the campus in town. I think it was, you know, a bit of a student crowd, but the doors to the building. So it's double doors at the front and the, the outer doors close fairly tightly and there's, you know, a good hinge on them. The inner doors swing a little bit freely. They're more like the, uh, you could do the Aragorn entrance with them, you know, if you wanted to. <laughs> but the thing was because of the wind and the gusting, Every time someone would come in the outer doors, the inner doors would just blast open on their own. And so you get this like jet of cold air just streaming into the bar. (laughs) It's a good thing this beer is really good. And it's a really good thing that this steak is amazing because otherwise I'd be a little bit cheesed off at, you know, having to wear my ski jacket just to enjoy my dinner. Yeah, it's not exactly what you'd expect. You'd think they'd be a little better planned being up north, but... Well, yeah, door just needs a little bit of reinforcement or something, I'm sure, but yeah, I'm going to put another link in there. What is this? E3's latest link is its own website. The own new website that they're doing for 2020. They can't even keep wow. that secret. Just like they couldn't keep people's private info secure because they just put it in an Excel file and let anyone download it and then claim, oh, it's a hack. No, you're just an idiot. Yeah. I don't know who's running them, that organization, but they keep making so many mistakes lately. Nice. Ugh. I shouldn't have scrolled down. Well, it is Hero Gamer. I mean, what else do you expect? No, it's not that. This. And this is older news. I guess I maybe just didn't hear this. Oh, no, this is only like, this is only a few days old. Yes. Three development team is no longer employed. What the crap? The entire team is no longer employed. The game was critically behind. I think one of the things writer, director, design director, and lead programmer all left recently, sharing the news via their LinkedIn profiles. That's just awful. I think there was something about Starbreeze. If they hadn't gone in the crisis, they would have delivered something much more interesting. But a small yeah, game well, in scale, which it's like, well, you already did that with um, Underworld Ascendant, a much smaller game than expected. And it's like, yeah, you get that whole consistent thing of what Sir Gunner was talking about is all these quote unquote old school legendary game development ones just don't seem to understand planning and well <laughs> project management. Okay, but how many times have we talked about this? I mean, good gosh, like, you know, I even talked about this in the last Ultimate 9 SSSH that I did, right? Like, yeah, it's... The, the, origin, the origin paradigm was never one of fiscal responsibility. It's so true. You know, it, 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 I, I mean, it's all well and good to think that, you know... People would learn and grow as human beings? Well, that. It, well, that, but you know what? I mean, like, at some level... 
know. Like Dan Schmidt said it best, maybe in some ways, because, you know, in describing the Underworld One development process, you know, he kind of categorized the entire team as, you know, a bunch of young kids, young boys at that, uh, who, you know, are historically just paragons of, of restraint and prudence. Okay, I guess I'll put a laugh track in, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just figured to keep quiet just to see what would happen. Yeah, well, uh-huh. you know, crickets, crickets. That's what we're going for. But, uh, you know, it's like, you know, a bunch of young 20-something guys who nobody ever said, you know, you're not really supposed to be able to do that. Um, and it almost seems like, you know, now those 20-something guys or 50 and 60-something guys and still nobody has ever actually said, you know, you can't really do that or you shouldn't really do that. No. Um, it's, you know, it's pleasant to think that you can hand Lord British a couple million bucks from Kickstarter and he's going to come back with some new game that somehow, you know, scratches all the Ultima itches that it's supposed to for both the single player and UO uh, sides of the Ultima fan base. No, that's not going to happen. Um, a- any more than, you know, 250 odd million dollars is going <laughs> to make star citizen, um, amazing and polished and what have you. Um, this, you know, that that's just the history of origin is, you know, like, you can just exactly, exactly, exactly that. Thank you for breaking wind. Whoever just did that. It's Drex, which, by the way, welcome. <laughs> hey, Drex, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Good. Uh, so, uh, yeah. One person I'm, encouraged me to come back to Star Citizen. I'm just like, I just can't yet. I just can't. <laughs> I, I much prefer to watch it from over here with popcorn. <laughs> yeah, pretty much at this point. Like, it's all well and good. I still have my issues with Chris Roberts that I've had since the mid-90s, but give it a shot someday down the road. I still have to try one game that a friend of mine that's um, going to school for game design and whatnot that she and her class put together. I want to give that a try just because I think it'd unfortunately be more fun than Star Citizen. <laughs> Shouldn't say that. Yeah, well, it's true. I, I got to admit um, at this point, I'm starting to wonder if, you know, uh, if we're going to see Star Citizen before some of its cast members, because of course, you know, they have like the hyper accurate 3D rendered faces of like Mark Hamill, Gary Oldman, um, who are not young men. <laughs> you know, like is Star Citizen Citizen going to be released before any of its digital cast um passes away in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly something I want to think of, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So I don't know. Sorry. Sorry if I went morbid there for a bit. Um, I was, I was listening to a, I was not even, I didn't even attend it darkly. I was listening to a Catholic, no, um, Catholic bites, Catholic bites. One of the little podcasts I listened to, um, they did a whole episode on the memento mori concept. Right. And, uh, how in like the Ignatian spiritual practice, you know, you should meditate on your coming death daily, you know, not, not out of a morbid reason, but you know, out of a, 
out of a, out of a desire to ground yourself in the reality that you do only have a finite existence and how should you best spend it uh, in acknowledgement of that fact. But uh, at any rate, yeah, I have to wonder whether Star Citizen is uh, is going to see the light of day at all or, you know, before Gary Oldman or Mark Hamill or someone shuffles off this particular mortal coil. Guess we will see. Yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath. Mm. I mean, I, I do respect, well, and like, here's the problem. And I don't know if anybody ever really said this explicitly in any of the interviews I did with different origin personalities at the codex. But I think the big problem at origin was that it was a collection of immensely creative people, but creatives are not and, you know, there, there's creatives and then there's the analytical types that, you know, work in like the finance department, right? And these are not the same sort of personalities at all. And unfortunately, the large collection of creatives, and especially because they were creatives centered around essentially personality cults, you know, Richard mm -hmm. Garriott, Chris Roberts, more inspector to a degree. Um, they really needed somebody to sit on them basically <laughs> when they got a little too into the weeds. I mean, like I can't, I, I don't understand how Robert Garriott still has hair. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's been a bit of a, a, a joke amongst psychologists where it's always like, Hey, we have the creative personality types, but then we have these, you know, much more almost conservative type ones where they're so much better at management and administration and you need the two to work together or else you're just going to have a giant mess of failure. Mm, you, need, you need someone to kind of rein in the creative, but you need the creative to push the other ones forward to actually have a product. There's a, another factor back in the old days, the boundaries set by technology were hard. I mean, I mean, you hit a wall and you, you just hit the wall. You could sure, you go got 640k of memory to play with and you got to fit it all onto as many diskettes as you can afford and no more. Yeah. yeah. You, had very, you had boundaries that you were unable to cross. Even with the extended memory and all of that and the ways they, they managed to tap onto that there there were still boundaries there were uh, i mean it was only 4 megabytes of ram or 8 or sure. 16 it was only a couple of hundred megabytes of hard drive now we have a we have terabytes we have a gigabytes of video ram we have a, a computers with more than 32 gigabytes of ram Developers don't even need to spend money now on the physical media to ship you the game. Yeah, they don't. They don't have. They are not so much concerned about it. Exactly, they're not constrained by, you know. And I mean, God, this is even true of like Nintendo. I mean, yes, I can still buy game carts for a Nintendo Switch. You can still buy Xbox <laughs> games that come on physical media, and really, it's only in the console market that physical media sales still account for. Well, I mean, in the PC gaming market, physical sales are almost completely gone. It's like 5% at best. Mm -hmm. 
are, are physical. Everything is digital storefront on the PC side. With the consoles, it's about 50-50, I think. But like Nintendo, especially, I can't speak to Xbox as well because I don't have one. But, you know, my experience with Nintendo via the Switch is Nintendo makes it like Nintendo has a great digital storefront and they make it super easy to use. It's so easy to just buy a game off of the Nintendo eShop, right? I could go to EB games and buy a game cart if I wanted to, but the only reason I would do so is if something that was on my Nintendo wish list suddenly went on stupid good sale at EB games, right? Yeah. Otherwise uh, I'm just going to download it. Yeah, well, with, um, S- with um, SD cards being so reasonably priced mm-hmm. too, as of late, it's so much easier to just buy one of those and wait for a nice digital sale too. And I have been doing that. Yeah. Well, and back to the to what I was talking about. Uh, back then, there were those limits, and right now, uh, it's, it's virtually virtually there are no limits. So the developers can, the creative people can dream on and and have uh, dreams within their dreams and and uh, their imagination can go wild. There are no boundaries. There are no limits. And well, there's still one limit, as we have now found out with System Shock Three. <laughs> and that is when the paychecks <laughs> stop coming. Yeah, no, but uh, that's precisely what I mean. There's no, there, there's no, no hard limit for the creative people to stumble with. They can just go on dreaming, and uh, nothing stops them. So it's very easy for them to spend millions of dollars and without doing anything or without anything concrete. Well, that's very true. And I mean, you know, and this is a point that came up a couple of times in the Ultima nine mini series that I did with spam, spam, spam humbug. And that, and that was that, you know, it's not that EA is blameless in terms of, you know, origins ultimate fate or in terms of you know how yeah in some ways they did have to rush ultima 8 out the door or ultima 7 out the door or serpent dial out the door you know ea had a hand in that but my conjecture in all of that has always been that you know if ea is to be blamed for anything in that regard it's for not stepping in sooner it's for letting origin just kind of do exactly that just run off on this on one creative tangent after another, sure, let's rewrite the damn game three times and let's change the engine twice and let's whatever else happened um, instead of just stepping in and being just like, okay, guys, um, it stop. <laughs> uh, I can give you an example of personal experience. I, I've been, well, I have a game project related to the uh, record of the Dragon Goddess, and sure. uh, it's been several years. And I, and as the years have passed, I have started uh, constraining the project. Uh, the first few character designs I had, they were completely three D modeled. They they were three D models, and the game was designed for full HD 
the characters were supposed to feel one fourth of the of the screen in they were as tall as one fourth of the screen and they were 3d models they had the plans were that that the characters would have a base model with the, the specific uh, body builds and skin tones and everything that was going to be fixed for each different character then the hair it was going to be a, a fixed color as well but the hairstyle you would be able to change it you would ha you would be able to choose the hairstyle of of all the characters you would be able to dress them any way you wanted and it was a crazy amount of work a lot of models a lot of lots of things to do and then the motion capture for the movement of the characters i was doing the animations manually i managed to to create the walking animations and they look very realistic and smooth but then the combat animations they were not they were not looking the way i wanted and it was a lot of work and then i started uh, trying to make it more simple simplify 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 and uh, right now the characters are sprites they're 2d sprites facing in four different directions up down left and right and uh, and they have uh, the anim the walking animations are eight frames per direction which is why what i am used to it's what i it's the number of frames i used uh, 20 years ago when i was deep into sprite animation Back then, the, my sprites were 16 by 32 pixels. In this case, I went a little higher resolution with 32 by 64. But it's still a lot of work. But uh, if I had proceeded with the with my initial with my initial choice, it would be a lot bigger and would be a lot more work. Well, and you know, fortunately, that retro vibe is uh, definitely enjoying a bit of a comeback, especially in the indie scene. So, you know, you're in a good position. But I mean, the point is taken, right? Like the the amount of work that goes into making even a relatively simple 3D game these days is, you know, like astounding. And it's something that there's, you know, only only a handful of people could even attempt to do more or less solo. Um, yeah. Whereas a 2D game is a bit more realizable as a solo effort. It's like you say, it's still a ton of work. You know, even if you're not building your own engine, which some people do, uh, hi slash. Um, but I mean, like, you know, at least the, you know, the advantage of 2D is that, well, I mean, I've never tried drawing characters, but, um, you know, even I can draw like terrain tiles if I have to right yeah yeah and the sprites i worked on i made a male sprite and a female sprite with animations and everything it's a base white sprite and on that i just changed the colors and of the body the skin the eyes 
and then the hair is just a layer on top of it. The clothes yeah. are another layer. Um, sure, so you get some basic clothes are layers, and yeah, yeah. That's well, I mean, that's the toys too, and that's the advantage of sprites is you can use. Well, I mean, you can use the layering as well to get the paper dolling effect. But you know, you mentioned yeah. changing the skin. Like you can use the palette, right? You can use the paletting feature to your advantage. Yeah, there's a there are three D features. Uh, right now, the sprites are white completely, but I'm I'm going to change the sprites so that they are grayscale, and then well, for the skin, it's going to the skin is going to be grayscale. And then the actual skin color, it would be, it would be obtained by tinting the sprite, which is a feature of the, of the current 3D engines. Nice. Yeah, so, yeah, so I just get uh, to do one sprite, and then I choose a color, and it's all done. The ones that require a little more work are, for example, the... Um, the furries. I'm going to have lots of furries and non-standard characters, non-human well, characters. I mean, I don't know about you, but I find that any time I need to even contemplate drawing something with hair, I just it, <laughs> I I fall over and just curl up in a ball. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I can draw most things in a kind of cartoony way, and I can take my cartoony scribbles and convert most of it into pixel art. But hair has just always vexed me. Yeah, it's a tough thing to get right. Yeah, let me. I can draw Calvin's hair. You know, I I can do a great Calvin, right, with the spiky hair. I can't do Hobbs at all. (laughs) Yeah, let me show you here. Pasting character, human character. Screenshots channel. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, you're way better at hair than I ever will. (laughs) <laughs> and this one is nice. my this one is my first attempt at a furry. I'm not really see- Oh, okay. There's the furry. Well, that's still pretty good. Yeah, some shading in the hair. Mm-hmm. Just enough Again. where you can notice but not overly done. Way better at hair than I think I'll ever be. Yeah, it was a uh, 20 years ago I was a uh, uh, 22 years ago. I was sort of a legend in the underground indie game development world. <laughs> sort of a sprite artist legend. Yeah, well, we've all got past and, uh, lives. Yeah, there are several several indie game developers from today that mentioned me as one of their inspirations. Cool. And I'm trying to get back into that been so long for sure uh, I have a couple talented people in the dragons with that kind of stuff there thankfully. are a few that can, that can really put together a, a very fine image I mean Indy, Indy's quite good especially if you're looking for like a Lubay-S, like she can, she can do a pretty good like Lubay-esque um, manual art kind of illustration, I mean she's just generally good uh, I'm not a fan of her comic illustrations, but most of her other art is is pretty top tier. Yeah, I got one of her prints somewhere amongst all the different prints I have here at home. But 
Yeah. And there's yeah. others too. Like, I mean, there's always people on the UDSC Facebook who are just, you know, posting sketches and things that they've whipped up and some of it's, yeah, it's like, wow, that's actually really good. Yeah. So there's always a good place sometimes to pull inspiration. I know slashing has been a little inspiration at one point when yep. I helped with one mobile game that unfortunately fell apart, but I know his little roguelike was a little bit of fun after that time just to kind of be like, here's one done that actually was completed and that yeah, Ananias is still fun to, to poke away at occasionally. Yeah. That was a good one. Speaking I'm of mobile he's streaming. Yes. And he's streaming open Arthurian, which you know, very we, need, we need more Ultima six likes there. I said it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of mobile, do you think you always come on a mobile? I could see it happening. RuneScape did a mobile one that is actually used by a fair number of people. The the, the old school RuneScape one, not whatever they yes, call well, it. And apparently the new version is coming to mobile. Yeah. I don't know if it's dropped yet. I don't think so. But a lot of people I know in the, the Twitch community that do old school RuneScape enjoy the mobile app for like when they're at work or out and about. They'll like just grind skill levels on it and it's pretty comfortable actually and it's nice to see some of these older games kind of be like hey we could do a mobile you know version of our client and actually get some of our old players back yeah and you know i was kind of mulling that over um i don't remember who the heck i was having this discussion with and this was a discussion a couple of years ago because of course like the other so, I mean, the announcement from Broadsword was that they were doing something mysterious. Um, we don't know what yet to bring you to the largest audience ever. Now, if you look up the numbers, the largest possible gaming audience today is mobile. Mobile makes more money than PC and console combined. And that was like two years ago. That was two years ago. And I can't imagine that the market has contracted since then. No, if anything, mobile's gone up even a little bit more. Exactly. So, you know, if you are legitimately aiming for the largest possible gaming audience, you're going mobile. That said, you know, Steam would be the other op uh, option. And UO was greenlit on Steam years ago. Yeah, and I remember having a discussion. No, it never, it never went anywhere. And in, I mean, for a few different reasons, in part, because of course that was shortly thereafter EA pulled all of their games off of steam. Um, everything went to origin, although now they're coming back to steam, right? Like Jedi fallen order and a few other EA titles are there again. Um, so yeah, who knows EA what's going to happen there. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Mistake. For sure. But so, I mean, maybe that was the obstacle to getting UO on to steam but i noticed that runescape isn't on steam and at the time that uo was being green that i don't remember who i was talking with this about um someone pointed out to me that you know especially when it comes to bringing uo to steam they have a big problem which is the two clients yeah and you know like that the conjecture this person was making was that that was going to be a real blocker for actually getting steam to approve them for sale um because steam generally doesn't like that sort of thing you know they're fine with like having multiple different versions of a game but you know actually like you know 
having two, you know, like, you know, the, the base edition and the collector's edition and the deluxe edition and whatever else, they're fine with doing stuff like that, but they are somewhat less sanguine apparently about, you know, well, no, it's like, you can have this executable or that executable and they both let you play the game. So, and I noticed that RuneScape, I was just searching the Steam store, uh, RuneScape does not appear to be on there. And they are in the similar position of having the dual client thing, right? They have old school and then they have RuneScape. <clears throat> Although that's a little bit different because I think old school is kind of its own, almost completely isolated thing from, from. Yep. It's isolated. There's RuneScape. a lot of similarities like with quest names and skills and a lot of other stuff, but the old school one seems to be the far more popular one for people. I would say. Well, I mean, see also, wow. It's true. But the Twitch community is huge on the old school and like, it's ridiculous. The amount of people. Yep. It's just watching these people sometimes just grinding skills. And it's like, how are you watching this? It's like so boring sometimes, but well, it's not bad if you play it's it a personality thing, thing. I think more so than anything. Oh, sure. I mean, you tune in to see the streamer as much as what's being streamed. I'm sure. Yeah. Case I'm, in certain, mind, you know, yeah, if I'm well, playing, yeah. Wow. Most people don't come to watch me because I'm playing. Wow. It's because they're watching me. Well, gosh, I mean, like I even, you know, even with my kids, I mean, I don't let them watch YouTube all that much, but on the occasions where I let them, you know, um, the older two, they're big fans of one Minecraft streamer and the younger one, she's a fan of a completely different Minecraft streamer. And so there's kind of this, you know, we have to do this sort of round robin thing where it's like, okay, you pick, then you pick, then you pick. And they're watching all these different stuff. And and usually they only get about three videos in and then it turns into a fight and then I'll just walk downstairs and I'm just like, okay, TV off, go play with the Legos. Oh, that's but, funny. Ah, uh, kids. But, so Steam and dual clients, eh, Steam's not, apparently not so hot on the idea. Mobile though, I mean. Well, here's one interesting thing. RuneScape, old... well, old school RuneScape came to mobile. But apparently the new version, like apparently new school is or just RuneScape is also coming to mobile too. So clearly the mobile stores are more sanguine with the idea. And with the old school one, you have multiple clients, like there's third party clients that you can use. And as long as in the case of one of them, all the little like add-ons that are on it that help are pretty much fine. You're not going to have any issues. The developer's not going to care. They're pretty much leave it alone. Some of the third party clients... Yeah, some of the add-ons are a little questionable and, but it's one of those things where they have multiple clients and they only have one on mobile, but I know it's been talked about and by some of these third party ones that they kind of want to get them on mobile. Sure. Fair enough. And I mean, and if it the, doesn't uh, seem to be a big issue. Can, yeah. Well, I, uh, the, the, the route would be an issue because I don't know, like even with all the free to play stuff now, you know, with like EverQuest one and two being on there and so many other ones, it's like, uh, I think they kind of maybe start to change their mind, but I don't know. The category system is a little bit different compared to some. Yep. Oh, and I see RuneScape Mobile is now in fact on uh, early access on um, Google Play. Yeah, they like to do testing. Yeah. As a, and like this one is, this one is like RuneScape you know, as opposed to old school RuneScape, which has been out on Google Play for a little while. So this is the actual, like, you know, modern RuneScape client. Oh, so them. clearly not an issue on mobile, which kind of, you know, I'm, so I'm wondering, I mean, <laughs> now the problem 
the one the one reason that all of the speculation may not mean anything is that I think I had heard somewhere that Broadsword may not have the complete source code for the classic client. You know what? I would, would not be make surprised. It, yeah, yeah, what? With Origins version control? Oh my goodness. <sighs> so frustrating. But um, so I don't know. I mean, they so they may not be able to do anything to to recompile classic oh. for mobile anyways. But in some ways it might enhanced. not be a bad thing to just do the enhanced the classic client. <laughs> Nothing yeah. against the classic one, but there are advantages too to the enhanced one there where it's like it might I could see people just being like, hey, let's we need to kind of take a step forward if we want the game to continue to last. Yeah, well, but <laughs> yeah. Then again, no one could ever accuse the uh, the hardcore, lifelong UO fans who are adamant that it's classic client or bust. And no one could ever accuse them of being particularly forward thinking. As long as the game continues, as long as they can still log into the game, they don't care. Yeah, like if they could have this whole group of players that are all using that, as long as they don't lose support for that one cares there should not be any complaints yeah but at the same time like it's not it's got to be difficult for you know I mean, jagex or yagex however you pronounce that i don't know um the runescape developers they seem like a fairly decent sized company right as opposed to broadsword which is what like five people oh yeah it's a de definitely different size companies by far yeah, so you know, I, I may be understating the size of Broadsword, but they're not big. Like, you know, they they work out of a house in Virginia, I think. So it's you know, like that's gotta be really hard to maintain two separate clients when you're just that tiny small team. Now even the small team that does the Realm Online client, even them, they're a small team and it's tough. And that's only, you know, they're in the hundreds of players only. Yeah. Not exactly so, what I call a moneymaker. Well, it stays online, so it must at least pay for itself. The fact it's older than Ultima Online and it's still live all these years later is ridiculously amazing. That it is. So anyways, hopefully in the next few months we kind of get a sense of what they're talking about. Maybe it will just be a Steam release, but who knows? I wouldn't have any complaints. It would be an interesting thing to see them do that, though. For sure. Oh, my goodness. I should think about getting to bed though, because if yeah. the weather tomorrow is anything like the weather was this morning, my drive to work is going to take at least an extra half an hour. Oh yeah. Uh, with the possibility of snow and how cold it is. It's going to be an interesting day tomorrow. A little bit on top of all the other stuff. For sure. Oh goodness. <laughs> well, thanks for talking guys. No, I'm glad we got to do this. It's a nice little way to end off the evening. Yeah, for sure. This was good been far too i don't know we've only done like two of these this year so far but then again i've kind of been coasting on the ultimate nine content so yay well friday mm -hmm. i should be fairly available i think okay because mm -hmm. saturday be, what valentine's day so a lot of people are going to be busy and i'm going to be free <laughs> yeah my wife's taking the kids out to see her folks and meanwhile i'm Mark. <laughs> a few thousand kilometers away a couple thousand yeah so that would be fine. Saturday's stream and probably with other people. So that probably wouldn't work. Okay. Friday. I'll keep Friday in mind then. 
That would actually, then I could just like focus all of Saturday on like studying and that would be good. Yeah. At least I'm making good progress at work. Happy about that. And my tradition of, you know, soliciting, uh, opportunities to visit with the local scout groups, wherever I travel has, has borne excellent Mm -hmm. fruit this time around. So I'm looking forward to next week. That should be enjoyable. Yeah. Well, I got, so there's a, there's a scout troop, I guess they're doing a, some kind of meeting on the 17th president's day, I guess for y'all. Um, and so I'm going to go hang with them, uh, for their meeting. And then the day afterwards, their cub pack is having their blue and gold banquet, which I have never been to one of those. So look forward to that too. It's always fun when I actually get to throw my scout uniform in my luggage. I always forget you actually have a uniform for that. I'm still so used to what we had growing up with 4-H and the other one where there was no uniform. Hmm. It's not, it's a red uniform. Mm-hmm. So, well, at least in Scouts Canada, people, you know, the, the, the rovers well, and the scouters gotta all match the red. Mounties. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. Good point. Good point. That's the first thing yeah. I would think of. Yes. That, you know, that actually works really, really well. Didn't think about that. If you want to join the Ultima Dragons, you can do so at UDIC.org, where you can choose your very own dragon name. You can also find the Ultima Dragons on Facebook. We have a Facebook group there. And you can follow at Ultima Dragons on Twitter or join them on Discord. And if you're feeling really old school, you can even fire up a Telnet client and check out the Wearmount. Hit up the show notes for links to all of these. If you want to participate more directly in the podcast, you can send us an email. Or if you're feeling a little bit braver, leave us a voice message in one of three places, the podcast website, our Facebook page, or on anchor.fm. And you're also welcome to join us on our Discord server to chat with us, to lurk, or even contribute to podcast recordings when they happen. And again, links in the show notes. If you'd like to support Spam 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 Humbug, you can do so at patreon.com slash ultimacodex, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can get access to episodes the day before they go live to the general public. You'll also get access to behind-the-scenes audio when we have some to share, and possibly other interesting content. But we also welcome your moral support. You can like the Ultima series on Facebook, follow at Ultima Codex on Twitter, or leave the podcast a review on iTunes. And you're also welcome to share our episodes with your friends and social media circles. Spam 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 Humbug is a production of the Ultima Codex. You can find show notes online at spamspamspamhumbug.com. Thank you for listening, and until next time, be virtuous.